guess we're live right now. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Picture Perfect. I am your host, Bobby Gross, and we are coming to you live from our apartments, our houses. Uh, For the first time ever, this is a live episode. Um, Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for uh, listening. If you're on the podcast, uh, definitely check out the YouTube channel, Picture Perfect. But I've got a very special guest. Um, we've got Bethany from what the show, Bethany, what is going on? How are you doing? Um, you know, first of all, I'm very honored to be on your first live show. I think it's going great so far. You figured out how to get us live and that's the first step. Um, I, I don't think I could, I'm never the one on what the show who has to make us go live for a reason. I put that in the the boys court. I'm like, y'all do you, you do your thing. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I mean, I thought maybe you asked me if you're like, who is a redhead? I know Bethany, she's a redhead. We're talking black widow. It seems appropriate. Um, and also because you're going to be on our show tomorrow. So yes, a week of, of hanging, of chilling, of talking good stuff. (laughs) I can't wait tomorrow night. So this is, uh, Tuesday right now, if you're listening, uh, Wednesday night, 9.30 Eastern uh, on the What The Show channel. Uh, I'll be on there talking with uh, the fellas, the lady. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, you know, we've had Mike on, the sh- on this show already for Conjuring. So um, I figured why not get the better half on the show as well. So I think it's yeah. a perfect week. This <laughs> is... So- it's literally uh, it's a great week to do it. And I also, can I just say thank you for giving me Please. the better movie to discuss because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what all. First of all, I'm too scared to watch the Conjuring movie. Yes, I heard. Well, I don't know what, what great uh, input I would have on those, but I can, I can discuss Marvel stuff. Well, you're you're a big Disney person, that too, right? Like the big Disney person. We, uh, me and uh, the girlfriend, went down to your neck of the woods in Orlando a couple uh, last year. Actually, yeah. it feels like forever ago. Um, and we we hung out at Disney, and it was a great time. So uh, it's just it just makes too much sense. Makes too much sense to have you on the show this week. But uh, Bethany, how we start the show is anything that you've been watching, uh, television, movies. Please feel free. Um, what, what have you been watching lately? Well, like the rest of the world, how appropriate to discuss, um, you know, what I've been watching because we're going to be discussing, um, Marvel property and Marvel does own a lot of our souls. Um, so like the rest of the world, I've been watching Loki. I'm very excited for the finale tomorrow. I hope it does not disappoint because I've thoroughly, I'm going to say something maybe a little controversial. Um, Kelsey, if you're out there in the ether, please close your ears um, because this might hurt, uh, hurt her heart. Um, I'm not the biggest Loki fan. Like I, I'm, I'm the show I love, but the actual character of Loki in the MCU, not my like favorite character. And so I was very skeptical of this show. I have to say I'm fully on board. It's maybe one of my favorite like Marvel things that I've watched. It's like up there in in my you know in the top whatever ten of five thousand Marvel things that they put out into the universe. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really fantastic. I'm obsessed with Gator Loki. I want all Gator Loki things. I'm excited to get the Funko Pop hopefully at the end of the month. Um, so yeah, that that's great. So I'm, I'm excited. We'll probably be talking a little bit about the finale tomorrow when you come on the show. Yes. Um, hopefully everyone will have watched at that point. 
Um, yeah, I'm super stoked for that. What, what's the over under on the uh, Gator Plus showing up in Disney World? It's like 30 oh. days? What do you What are you thinking? I have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go under. I think okay. that they hopefully learned from the fact that they have a Funko out and ready, like coming. Oh, up do they? Month. Yes. Okay. It makes me think that, I mean, that's going to be a hot topic. It's a hot topic exclusive, but still clearly Disney owns all the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they were smart enough to get a Funko out and ready, I think that there will be a plush coming hopefully to a Disney store near me very soon here in Orlando. So I'm, I'm going under 30, but I, I could be okay. wrong. They did hold baby Yoda AKA Grogu merch for a while. So we'll see what they yeah. do for Loki, but I'm ready for, to own all the plushes, all the pops, all that. I'm, I'm really like fingers crossed. I get that old Loki Richard E. Grant plush. I really want that one. That's, uh, I think that's the winner. <laughs> we just want to cuddle up with old Loki every night. Like, I can't believe, like, Richard E. Grant, like, renowned theater actor, like, I'm pretty sure, she, I mean, I, I feel like that's all British actors, they're yeah, all, like, Shakespearean trained actors, and he shows up in, in an episode of Loki. And, and like, a, a, a leotard, essentially. Yeah, crazy. He does have a Funko Pop coming, so get excited, you can at least own that. There's a Funko Pop for everything. And I think that's one of the problems. I've this has been a problem though with the Marvel stuff. Because I feel like for I don't know how this happens, but I guess these toy companies send out like a whole like sheet of upcoming Funkos and it goes on to like spoil yeah. the Marvel shows or the movies or anything like that. And I think that's kind of uh, what didn't happen with Baby Yoda. That's why everything was just so delayed because nobody saw it coming. Um, but I, I feel like uh, Gator Loki is probably a step up uh, from Baby Yoda. I mean, he's just so ador- adorable. I mean, who who can't resist uh, Gator Gator Loki? And he just he just ate a man's hands. Like that's <laughs> equally adorable. <laughs> kind of confusing and also badass uh, all at the same time. And who doesn't want that in their life? I'm, I'm digging the show though. Loki, I feel like yeah. it's kind of just consistent. It's consistent Marvel. Mm-hmm. I really dug, it seemed like that one episode where they kind of, uh, the female Loki and regular Loki, they had that like one episode where it was just mostly talking. It felt like a, a before movie or something like that. Uh, it seemed like people didn't like that episode. I would say that's probably like, like my favorite one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that they set up this finale coming tomorrow, I'm super uh, excited about. And I wonder how or if it's going to play into maybe Doctor Strange because this is right. the introduction of the multiverse. This whole this right. whole series and Doctor Strange is a Doctor Strange is apparently nothing but the multiverse. So, are you? What are you expecting out of this finale going into uh, into tomorrow? Cool. Well, yeah, I feel like so. Obviously, this whole thing has been leading up to kind of the whole, you know, looking a peek behind the curtain, right? Like we found out that Oz is not this like. Yeah, we we did not we did review that episode. We did not review that episode. Um, but you know, the whole thing kind of being like there were these timekeepers and they're not, and now who is in control and taking it down and whatever. 
So I feel like I will be disappointed if we don't actually reveal who really is in power. I'm pretty sure they will. And I think that that is going to lead, yes, into kind of that multiverse, which is very interesting because the other day, again, this is one of those like water cooler shows. And so the other day I'm at work and, you know, we're discussing it, a couple of coworkers who are fellow Marvel fans. And someone was like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this multiverse stuff because I think it's going to get really boring because you have this show with a bunch of Lokis and you have a Spider-Man movie with a bunch of Spider-Mans. And I was like, but that's what like comics are. Like they are, it's established. Like there is a multiverse and it's not all the same. Like having a bunch of Lokis in a show is not remotely going to be the same as having a bunch of Spider-Mans. Like, they're two completely different characters, two completely. I'm excited for multiverse. I know some people are like, oh, it's going to get really samey. But I think on the opposite, I think it's going to open up for so many possibilities because you're not kind of to steal from Loki. You're not on this one sacred timeline anymore. There's going to be all these like ways you can branch out and get weird with it, which I think is what I like the most about the shows. It's like, yeah. They've gotten weird with it. WandaVision was so bizarre, so delightful. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of Emmys, nominations. You go, WandaVision. Um, Loki has just, I, I like the weird, like, 70s kind of buddy cop aesthetic, but also sci-fi also. And then, you know, obviously, I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was the more traditional of them. And I still thoroughly enjoyed it because we got to know some more of those characters. But mm-hmm. I think of the actual shows, probably the least interesting because they didn't get to get as weird as like the other two shows. Um, but I do think it, I, I enjoy that. I like kind of how they release them in a weird way. Like WandaVision yeah. were weird and kooky. Then you got back to kind of like classic Marvel for a little bit. And then you kind of end with Loki, which is like weird and, and kooky again. And then we have uh, the What If show coming out and who, who whatever. I mean, it's just like the rest of the year is full of Marvel stuff. And yeah. I mean, as far as the, the finale, I think you're definitely we're, we're definitely going to get that reveal of the TVA who really is behind it, which I mean, it's a little bit frustrating that they're using kind of the same formula from WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, like this kind of ominous presence that there's right. going to be a big reveal. Um, otherwise I feel like it's been a definitely like a solid show. I don't, I I don't know. I think depending on how they end it, there could be a season two of this. I can definitely see that happening. Um, I could definitely see Loki and, um, all, all of the different Lokis somehow appearing in the movies too. I mean, that's, that's a possibility with the Marvel shows. (laughs) Get the Gator Loki in, you know, an Avengers movie. Let me have it. Um, but I, I definitely I dig what they're doing. It's it's consistent. That's that's kind of like my overall thoughts on all these shows. Really, the Marvel shows they're consistent. Like none of them are really bad. It's kind of what you're expecting. But somehow, for me at least, the movies seem more special still. Um, and we're gonna talk about that when we get into Black Widow. But anything else, Bethany, that you've been watching lately that you want to just bring up? It's very funny, kind of appropriate timing as well today, because um, earlier when I got home, Mike was like, oh, Honest Trailer dropped. And I was like, oh, what is it? And he was like, Ted Lasso. And I was like, oh, mm. I'm obsessed. We binge watched the first season last couple of weeks in preparation because I knew the new season was coming out. And everyone was like, oh, it's so good. You should watch it. And I loved those ads when they aired a couple of years ago. And I thought the whole concept of making a TV show off those ads was a little bizarre. I had my, yeah. my reservations. Um, and also because like it was on Apple Plus and like who was watching? No one is watching Apple Plus. I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. 
but we watched first season. I this was the most delightful. Like that's it's just delightful. Like everyone should watch it. If you haven't watched it, it's the most delightful show um, that I've watched in a really long time. Like every episode just warms my little heart. And I feel like everyone in the world needs to be a little bit more like Ted Lasso and we'd all be better off, you know. Um, I think I was watching this interview, Jason Stake has said he wanted to play him like ignorant but curious because he like mm-hmm. thinks that like, that's what's like best about America. Like we're all kind of ignorant, but like when you're curious, like you're a good like oh, yeah. you know, America well. Um, and I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Like when you're, you know, you can still be kind of dumb sometimes, but as long as you're trying, like you're curious and you're trying to find that knowledge. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's an absolute delight. And I'm super stoked for the new season to yes. drop uh, next Friday. Yes. So and I mean, Ted Lasso was like the perfect time to to drop it. Like it was, it was the perfect quarantine binge. I mean, when yeah. everybody's stuck at home and depressed, like we can't see our friends or family or anything like that. And then you just pop on Ted Lasso and it's just like cotton candy. So yeah. it, it was, it was amazing. I can't wait for that second season. And um, I will take umbrage with you, Bethany. I am one of the few who uh, subscribe to Apple TV, although it is the one year free trial. Yeah, that's um, true. I did because it's fr- it's free. I was like, wow, a whole year for free. I mean, I guess I guess you got me Apple, and I'm there's... like an Apple girl through and through. Like iPhone, MacBook, like you name yeah. it. I'm like, oh, another streaming service. But if it's free, there's there's women. there's good stuff on there. It's just it's not like a Netflix or an HBO Max where every week there's something new. It feels like, and they also don't have a library. So it's really just Apple originals. So, and it's, there's just so much stuff to watch these days. Like right. uh, it's, it's intimidating to subscribe to a service that just has originals. So that means you're starting fresh with Which something. Like and ballsy of that, you know, like that's a, that's a bold choice, Apple, but all right. And they've been in talks with a bunch of different studios to buy them. Right. Like there, were, I, there's been rumors for years that they're going to buy Netflix. There was rumors that they were involved in the, um, MGM uh, sale a couple months ago. So they definitely recognize that they need a library. It's just everybody has their own streaming service. You know, Universal has it. Warner Brothers has it. Disney has it. Like it's it's just it's it's difficult for them. They're they're trying to find uh, kind of this niche in in the market where if you just want originals, we have something for you. And Ted Lasso is by far their biggest show. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of um, Servant. I like the Morning Show. There's some good stuff on there. There are movies. There's just not really. There's like four or five movies on there. So Apple, they're they're gonna get it together. I think that they're gonna start acquiring more things because I I, I mean they could they could piss away money all they want. They're like a hundred billion trillion they have, yeah. dollar they have company. Money for it. So I mean. Yeah. Once the the streaming wars, you know, started again, I love all these streaming services and they're like god awful names. Like these people cannot think of like worse names to name these things. Um, But I was like, you know, Disney Plus and and Apple, like I do foresee going far just because they have more money than God. Like they just have so much money that even if they fail for five years, inevitably, which clearly Disney Plus is not failing because everyone's watching their shows. Everyone's talking about their shows. Um, all their shows are getting nominated for gazillion Emmys, but yeah. 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 So that, that two really good shows, definitely check them out. I mean, everybody's checked out Ted Lasso. Yeah, okay, like, so. everybody, everybody's watching them. <clears throat> but of, co- 
<laughs> of course, like every week I have to be the hipster and recommend things that probably nobody has seen. Um, cause that's, that's, that's my role on this show. Um, so I have a couple of movies that I checked out this week. Um, two fairly recent movies, one of them being uh, summer of soul. I mentioned this on last week's show. It's a documentary directed by Questlove about um, this kind of concert series back in 1969 in Harlem. And what's crazy about this was nobody really knew about this festival because um, the footage just was sitting in a basement for like 50 years, something crazy like that. And Questlove somehow got his hands on it. He created this super fun and intelligent documentary. It's not just concert footage, which there's plenty of. I mean, there's like 20 different artists in this whole thing, including Stevie Wonder, Sly and the Family Stone. Um, So if you definitely enjoy that kind of music, you'll uh, appreciate it on that sense. But also it kind of uh, merges the uh, social commentary of the time for the the African-American community, what was going on back then. And one of the best parts was they talk about the moon landing in 1969 and You know, everybody always thinks fondly back to that time, but there's just so much footage of this community, like saying, no, like, why are we spending this money uh, to go to a different planet when our people on this planet are suffering? And it was just like a perspective that I don't think has ever really been out there um, because it's just it's just been kind of painted over as like this historic achievement. Uh, but it's, it's a really, yeah, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, I, even before I saw this, I was like, you know what? I don't care about space. Let's not go to the space. (laughs) Like what, what's the point? I don't care. Um, so I, I kind of connected in that sense, but it's just an overall really great documentary on Hulu right now. It's also in theaters. Um, I tried to get to a theater to watch it, but I just put it on in Hulu. It's a two hour documentary flies, um, definitely, definitely check that one out. That's Summer of Soul on Hulu. And then uh, new to HBO Max this past week was a movie called Shiva Baby, which had a ton of buzz last year. It was a little independent film. Um, and it just I think it went straight to VOD because at the time, like no theaters were open. So um, it went straight to VOD. I heard everybody talking about it and finally came to HBO Max. And I've really had a good time with it. It's directed by um, Emma Seligman, who this is crazy. She's like 23 years old, something like that. She's doesn't that doesn't that make you feel like shit? Like, yeah, I, (laughs) I mean, these people, like these these artists at such a young age, just putting out this kind of art and just blowing me away. Like, it's how are these people so talented? I've I don't have any of that talent. Um, but this was actually a short she directed in college, and then she went on. She got financing to make the feature of it. It's really good, and it's seventy eight minutes, so it's quick. It's quick and easy, and uh, it's it's funny though because even though it's seventy eight minutes, it's also claustrophobic at the same time because it's mostly in one location. It's about. Um, this uh, Jewish girl who is um, doing some things in her personal life that her family wouldn't uh, 
like. And she basically goes to the Shiva and, you know, kind of it's it's relatable in a sense because we've all been to those, you know, holidays where we're going to meet like family that we haven't seen in a year and then they ask you the same questions over and over and you know it's like you have a cheat sheet on your hand yeah uh when am i getting buried uh i don't know soon i guess i you know how's how's work it sucks i mean what, what do you want me to say um so it's relatable in that sense but it's also like really funny um the main uh, girl is Rachel Sennett. She hasn't been in a lot at all, but I think she has a bright future. Molly Gordon is in this from Booksmart. Um, definitely uh, check it out on HBO Max. Uh, it's it's. I think it's super worth your time, and it's one of those small independent movies that you want to support. Um, so I will get off my soapbox now, my independent film soapbox. Um <laughs> Go, so, go watch the untalented people, damn it. <laughs> um uh <laughs> Bethany, have you have you heard of this independent movie called Black Widow? Uh, I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, it's it's a really tiny, tiny little thing. Um it got Small delayed. Studio. It has like 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 no no names are in it really, like no big names, like no one I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's mostly like a, it's I kind of consider it a student film. Um, not much of a budget, you know, just kind of like grainy and grindy yeah (laughs) so guys we're gonna jump into our black road review we'll start with the non-spoiler and then the uh spoiler section we got timestamps coming um in the description box uh for a podcast and on the replay of this stream so we got black widow the the newest mcu movie in theaters right now and also on disney plus for 30 dollars um which by the way like I, I get it from a family perspective. You would want to spend thirty dollars, but right. like, it's why? Why? I, I I get it when I mean I guess there are some people that are still not down to go like out into theaters. Like I get when Disney was doing it for like Mulan, for instance, when like no one was Ugh. going to theaters at all. But now I'm like I don't know. I feel like enough people like for instance AMC A list is back. So Ugh, I was yes. I was back in my my local AMC going to see a movie, sitting in a nice recliner seat with the little heater. Heated seats are fantastic. 10 out of 10 AMC. Great job there. Um, That's that's my review of Black Widow, everyone. Heated seats, great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, I don't... The the premium price now, I think is... Yeah, I guess if you have small children and you're like, oh, they'd probably cry or they would want to get up five times, go to the concession stand or the bathroom... We'll just spend thirty dollars, and that'll save us the seventy dollars we would have spent at the theaters. But yeah, if you're like a normal person just going by yourself for like yeah. a couple, I well, don't. Mike Mike makes a great point in the chat. He said it supposedly made sixty million dollars on Disney Plus. Um, so from a business perspective, I get it because what happens is when these movies go to theaters, Disney. I mean, this isn't for every studio, but Disney. I, from what I read, mo- sometimes for like the bigger movies, like I'm sure for Black Widow, this was the case. They take 80% of the ticket price. So they're not getting the full ticket price, but 20% for a theater is nothing. So what they want you to do is you buy the ticket and then you spend a ton of money on concessions, which um, I kind of did for this one because I went to this dine-in AMC, which uh, there's nothing but AMCs around me. So th- this, but this is a fancy one. Now, I was under the assumption I've been to one of these before. 
this mm. is just a, a side rant because why not? Um, <laughs> I've been to a dine in AMC before where it's more like Alamo Draft House, where they have like a waiter or waitress come to you and they take your order mm-hmm. and then they bring it to you. This one, first of all, it had recliners that go back all the way. And my biggest problem with AMC all these years is that most of their recliners are extremely uncomfortable because they don't go back all the way. So I appreciated yes. it that. It's those big like red ones that just suck. It, it's mostly in the Dolby and the IMAX, but and their uh, Dolby recliners are weird. Like they don't go back all the way. Like they're still nicer than a normal seat. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, their their Dolby ones are weird. I agree. They with don't that. they don't go back all the way, and then the footrest doesn't go up all the way. Yeah. So it's like it's you're, like you're hanging angle. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But this one, it, not only did it have the full recline, it had uh, the way that they did it at this dine-in was you order it at the concession stand, and then you give them the seat number and the auditorium, and then they bring it to you which I think works better because then you don't have as much talking uh, when you're trying to order things and everything like that. So, you know, rant over. I just want to say this was a... We also saw it at a dine-in at at our AMC uh, here, um, which is actually, we always go to the one at Disney Springs because that happens to be like the nearest AMC to us. And then it's great because you're at Disney Springs and happy um, and especially when it's like a Disney movie, because they always like roll the red carpet for it. And it just, I don't know, it's fun. Um, but that right now is like their COVID protocol, from my understanding, is they oh. didn't want servers going. And so I, I'm not really sure. I think it might be like a staffing thing a little bit too. Possibly okay. they don't have enough staff for it. But they, when they started opening the theaters back up, that's what they did. They still did dine in, but it was like, like carry out dine in. Like you'd go up to the concession stand and then yeah. someone just brought it to you. But I agree. In a weird way, I kind of like it better because we just like showed up yes. a little bit early for our movie. We went and did that. Someone brought me my food before the, even like the trailer started, I think. And then and it has, like I'd already paid for it. Like I hate it when they would like come in and like drop the check before the movie ended oh. and you're like in the climax of the movie. And like that was annoying. So in a weird way, I hope maybe this, I feel like it's going to go back to the way it used to where it was more like servers coming to you. But I think this was actually a lot more efficient. Like it was faster. For I sure. waited a little line. I did my thing. They brought my food. Um, so yeah, I hope that this is uh, something that is kind of here to stay actually. AMC, if you're out there listening <laughs> to this. I liked, I liked how it, they did it. I, yeah, I liked like, it. I, I really, this actually was one, of, I mean, I've always enjoyed AMC's dining, um, but this, I actually thought was one of the, the better experiences. Cause like I said, I hate when the like person comes and it's like, I just want to be ready. Yeah. I'm like, Hi, climax of the movie going on here. <laughs> See, but at Alamo, it's different for Alamo because it's a smaller theater. Typically, it's only like 50, 60 seats in a theater. Um, but AMC, there's like 200. So right. if you have 200 seats, there's just nothing but people walking back and forth, yeah. bringing food, making noise. So I and think like, this was more efficient. Yeah, I think this was definitely a lot more efficient. Like you would like sit down and, and again, there's like a bunch of little staff running around. You're like, which one's mine? Like, I'll just wait patiently until they come to me. But it, you're like, it's it's always weird. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh, hi, you're mine. I will say, I see Mike talking in the, the chat about the bar drinks. That was the one thing that was unfortunate. I did like when you used to get like the little bar menu and they had like their specialty cocktails. Now I don't even like know we had to go up to the bar because I do uh-huh. always like, again, I'm lame. I like the theme drinks. So they had one. It was called the Enigma. It was out for 
Black Widow. And I was like, hi. And I had no idea what was in it. I was like, what's in it? Because there's like a menu. So the guy had to like tell me and then we had to get it there and bring it with us. But I mean, that's not the yeah. end of the world. Oh, oh, first world problems. I had to order my drink <laughs> at the bar and then take it to my seat. But it was nice. And usually it was like order bar drinks from your seat. Like that was kind of nice. But So we had yeah. this good experience. Uh, so I was set up for a success here. Watching Black Widow. Yeah. First MCU movie in the theater for, I don't know, what was it, like 18 months, something like that, something crazy like that. Um, and I'll say this it's not like the best, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, right? But it's it's something comforting. There was something special in the air. It's not necessarily because it was like the first MCU back in the theater. Like I, like I mentioned before, I think movies just seem more special to me than the the Marvel television yeah. shows. Um, so it felt like it had more weight to it. And even though, I mean, in the end, most of this movie is inconsequential from what we're getting in right. the future. I mean, there's a couple of big parts that we'll get to in spoilers, but for the most part, it's kind of it kind of reminded me of like Solo, a Star Wars story, right? Like right. they just this is a movie that probably would have been made 20 years from now and they fit it into this certain timeline just to have like this solo adventure. Right. So that, that's how I took this movie. And I think maybe that's why I've seen a lot of people just say like, this movie just didn't do it for me because they, they were expecting something that was worth the wait on getting a black widow movie. Right. Now I'm, I'm not like a huge black widow fan, nor a huge Scarlett Johansson fan. So it's not like I was clamoring for this movie, but it, it definitely, it, I think it's worth the time. Like I'm glad they made it. It might be a little yeah. late, but I think they had a really good film here that maybe should have, came like immediately after civil war, but it is what it is. But Bethany, what did you think of black widow? Tell me your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, as far as non spoilers go, I feel like we're, we're fairly similar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, when we walked out, Mike and I were talking about it and I was like, I really liked that. And I did again, I'm not putting, I know we all have this like desire every time we walk out of a Marvel movie to start like ranking it it's like well it's not my top 10 but it's, it's definitely not my bottom five like i don't know yeah. why but like everyone does it um like i do it i'm guilty of it and i was like well it's not like you know the winter soldier for me but it's but you know so again i'm not saying exactly where i would rank it but i really enjoyed it and i do think it does benefit from the fact that like i was just so excited to like be back in my theater like i haven't been to the amc dining in a long time like it was just nice to be in a theater like watching it with a group of people opening weekend like it just felt like old times like i remember when we walked out i was like we'd gone to hollywood studios for a little bit in the morning um not to you know make everyone jealous but with hollywood studios for a little bit in the morning i also was the rebel spy on the day that i saw black widow so Ooh. that made me out start for so it was a good day um and we got rise of resistance early in the morning and we went to the ah. cantina anyways aside um <laughs> yeah, so I, I was i was already on a high i was in a good, yeah. mood, good morning and then we went to disney springs in the evening to watch the movie and i just walked out and i was like i just it just felt like a normal day like i got to go to disney for a little bit i got to go to the movies it was such a like normal like kind of cathartic experience um so i will say that maybe that is giving me like it, it, it's giving the movie a little bit of a boost because of that because i just had like such a good fun day yeah. um but overall I, I do think the film was really enjoyable and i know i get certain people's 
critiques of certain things, which we will get into it in spoilers. I don't think it's a perfect movie. Um, I do think that some people being like, we waited all this time for this and it could have slotted in earlier. But in a weird way, I think I did kind of like about it, which again, there are certain things that set up for other things, which we'll get into in spoiler talk. But um, but overall, I like that it kind of was a standalone movie because I feel like with Marvel, we don't get that a lot. Like, especially in this day and age, everything has to be bigger and badder. And there's 20 Easter eggs and you get out of the movie and you're watching a video on YouTube that's like, we're going to break down the 20 Easter eggs that you missed and how it's setting up for this next movie. And I was like, I liked that I just went in and it was like a spy movie and I watched it and I enjoyed it. And yeah, there was a couple of setups for things. But overall, I think it had like a really good tone and like vibe to it um like i was talking earlier with the with the shows i like that marvel is getting weird i'm not saying this was like a weird movie it's kind of a straightforward movie but i like it when they do like hey our main goal here is to make a spy movie and we're going to inject some marvel into it like i like Mm -hmm. it when they do that um when you you're kind of going in there and you get something a little different like for an Avengers movie, I want the big, splashy, superhero, aliens, whatever. And then some of the standalone movies, I just want, hey, it's kind of like if you took The Born Identity and put Natasha Romanoff in it. I liked that. I was here for that. <laughs> yeah. And I'll say this. A lot of times, the Marvel movies kind of feel the same, right? It's very yeah. samey. I, I At points, like the action is kind of the same. You know, I feel like because this is uh, this movie was kind of in the works for a while. They were trying to find the right voice for it. Here comes Kate Shortland, who is kind of like she's known for independent works like Berlin Syndrome. Uh, She made lore. So she really like this is her biggest movie by far. And I would say for most of the movie, you can tell that she brought something to the film. It's just like, okay. You, you take whatever that is, we'll handle the action because the action just feels kind of samey to me. I, that, right. that, those were kind of like the worst parts for the movie. It's like, yeah, I, I, I agree. A lot of I, that, the action beats weren't necessarily my favorite parts. Especially, especially the end. Yes, I was just about to say the third act's big yeah. like set piece. It's like, okay, <laughs> I mean, I guess you had to do it because that's what audiences expect. That's what we're expecting. Yeah. And I feel like... Um, that wasn't enough to meet those expectations for some people because some people found this boring because, you know, it's not like a big $200 million Avengers movie. Right. You know, I, the best parts of these movies for me were uh, when like Natasha and Florence Pugh's character and David Harbour and Rachel Weiss, they're just sitting around a dinner table. Like yeah. that, that scene um, in the movie that's that was like one of my favorite scenes because it's character work like right. not everything needs to be you know explosions and sky beams and falling airplanes and, and that kind of stuff <laughs> so at, at the like there's just so much good in this movie it's not a perfect movie but i think um you know david harbour he, he's just perfect in this role like for what it is because right. that that was another complaint I've been hearing. Well, this isn't what the character should be. Taskmaster is not what uh, they should be. It's, you know, like, so David Harbour and Rachel Weiss have great chemistry in this. I love them in it. Um, and then Florence Pugh 
who has been on a roll the past few years. Yeah. She she is becoming a force to be reckoned with in Hollywood. And, you know, they finally snatched her up into one of these uh, superhero movies. And it feels like she just seamlessly made it in. Like, she she's a perfect fit. She Her and uh, Scarlett's chemistry in this is really, really good. You know, there's a lot of um, sisterly dynamic here that connects it lands um and you know not necessarily that i mean they it's kind of cliched in how it starts it's like okay we get it we have to get here to get there at the end you know the big arc of like them coming finally together in a way um but what what did you think about florence Pugh in this movie and, and the supporting cast because i mean scarlet Scarlet's Scarlet at this point. Right. Like, you know, she's going to be good. She knows what she has to do as the Black Widow. But what did you think of the other um, cast and characters around her? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people are talking about how, you know, long we've waited for this movie or how, like, weird this movie was, the timing. Why couldn't it come out after Civil War? Yada, yada, yada. And I, I think the reasoning, and maybe I'm giving Marvel way too much credit, but I mean, Kevin Feige does have like a map and is the timeline and the this and the that. So I, I think he's a pretty smart man. So maybe I'm, it's fair to give him this credit. I think the reason this movie came out now is because of the supporting cast. Like, yes, this is Scar Joe's movie. This is the Black Widow's movie. But I think it was always set up. The reason it came out after, I mean, I assume I'm allowed to say the thing about Endgame. Um, sure. I mean, we, come on. You know, everyone's seen it. But obviously, we all know that she is dead in the current mm-hmm. timeline. And this movie is set, you know, obviously in between Civil War and Infinity War and, and so on and so forth. So um, we all know that Natasha's dead. So certain beats in this movie hit a little different because you're like, oh, I know what your fate is. But yes. also other things in this movie hit a little different, like, like Florence Pugh, which, again, if you cast Florence Pugh in a supporting role, just prepare for her to take over. Because, I mean, she did it, you know, and... Um, and Little Woman, uh, she was the, the breakout star of that. Obviously, it's supposed to be Joe's story, and, and everyone really kind of fell in love with Amy. Um, and then, obviously, she kind of did it in this as well. Um, I mean, you know, Rachel Weisz and David Harbour were fantastic as well, which I will get to them in a second. But to talk to Florence to Flor- about Florence Pugh for a minute, um, I thought she was fantastic. I mean, my lower third is in honor of a line that she says in this movie. One of my, again, see that great sister dynamic. I loved the poking and the prodding and the teasing, but it was all like from a good place, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the reason this movie came out now, I, I do think Marvel is smart and they were like, okay, we know where this is ending for Natasha and we need to set up some other characters. And this is a great, it kind of like a backdoor pilot. It's like a backdoor origin story for some other yeah. characters that we might get to see these supporting characters we might get to see later on down the line um and including you know i think yelena will obviously be in some future things and um yeah i just thought I, I thought she was great and i can't wait to see some more of her and that's what i will applaud this movie for i think is everyone's kind of like oh my god with these origin stories we've seen these origin stories so many times and so spider-man you know did something a little different because everyone's like we get it uncle ben dies great power comes great responsibility, you become Spider-Man. So when we introduced Spider-Man into the MCU, we chucked him in, you know, Civil War, and then we gave him his first solo movie, and we kind of skipped over all of that. And so I think Black Widow, what they were kind of trying to do is, you know, tie a little bow on Natasha's story, and then Mm. introduce these new characters without having to give them their own movie for a big origin story. So we kind of got some origins here, and, you know, a la Spider-Man got introduced in Civil War is kind of how I took it. 
Um, so I think that's kind of the reason for the timing of why now? Why do this story now after she died? Why couldn't we have done, you know, whatever? Yeah. Um, but also, I just really, I love David Harbour. I love everything that he's in. I saw a post the other day, which I thought was so funny. They're like, I love that David Harbour has somehow just been typecast in the found father of Cold War era kids. Um, and I'm like, yeah. And honestly, the beginning of this movie, like my favorite genre, which is why I'm like such a big Stranger Things fan, um, is, is, you know, like coming of age stories, particularly a, a subgenre I like to call kids on bikes. So, uh, yes. scenes, you know, stuff like that. Um, stand by me and the beginning of this movie when it's just like Natasha coming in it's 1995 she's on a bike and I was like yes like I'm here for this (laughs) Um, so yeah so I just love I love David I can't wait to see David Harbour be the found father of another Cold War era kid in a movie or TV show coming soon because he just plays it so well and I mean it's just a super fun movie too I mean it doesn't it has its serious parts um, you know, the whole villain, listen, he, Ray Winstone in this movie, um, it's like he came in to shoot for three days. Yeah. He's doing some kind of accent. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, most of the accents in this movie are pretty like spotty. They're pretty bad, all of them, but it, it kind of adds to it. In a way. Yeah, I was going to say it kind of like helps the movie in a way like it's campiness because there is a certain yeah. level of camp in this movie. Um, but I think, you know, the big problem is not only kind of like the action is what it is. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, I don't know if the villain really worked. It's, it's a very predictable turn. Um, it's not, it's, and, but this is a problem with most Marvel movies, right? It's the Marvel movies are set to make the heroes look good, not necessarily give the spotlight to the villains. So, it's it's like I saw it coming. It, it was what it was. Um, th- there is a nice arc that ends to it. And I, I just feel like th- there's just something there. There's a there's always been a villain problem with Marvel and they don't really do anything different in this movie to change that. But what did you think of the whole? Um, the, I guess there's really two villains in this movie. Um, th- what, what did you think about those guys? I will say, I think the, I guess, like, overarching villain, like, I, I guess, which one do we call the main villain? Do we call Taskmaster? Do we call, I don't know. Yeah. Um, do we call Drakoff the, the main one? I'm not sure. But I would say the, the puppeteer, I think that worked well enough for me. Again, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. Know what accent he was doing exactly, but I don't know what accent any of them were doing. And again, just certain characters, it kind of worked. Like, I love that David Harbour's were super over the top because I felt oh, like. Oh, my God that's kind of what it should be. Like he's this very stereotypical Russian superhero spy, like bad, you know, whatever. Um, so it worked for him, but uh, yeah. I, so I would say the overall, the puppeteer, it reminded me a lot, I guess, of kind of um, Winter Soldier a little bit where there's this overarching, where you think that one person is going to be, the, the movie is called Winter Soldier and you think the Winter Soldier is gonna be the bad guy. And the Winter Soldier is not the bad guy. Obviously it ends up being Robert Redford. Um, but yeah. it ends up being Alexander Pierce. And so I, I thought the same of, about Black Widow in which you know you think, oh, you're going in to see Taskmaster kind of you know shake things up. I think the Taskmaster part, certain things, I think in the beginning, again, I loved the action that was more like grounded spy stuff. Like I love that Natasha's just like going out to get, 
you know, a new generator and then boom, gets hit out of nowhere. Like we all saw it coming, but still like when, and then she gets out of the car and she's like, oh shit, like I gotta fight this person. All that stuff really worked for me. And then the third act kind of, whatever, was a little messy. Um, and I was like, okay, yep, here we go. Fast guy, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't, I see where they were going with it. And, and like I, you said, I think it led to some good moments, some good resolutions in the end, but the execution of it might not be the best. I am the first time that I don't know a lot about the Taskmaster and like actual comic book lore from yeah, what I understand. Much different character than what's in this. And I'm okay with people adapt things and make things their own. So I'm okay with the fact that that was changed. And, um, but I will say, if the whole purpose of this villain was it's it's so hard to defeat because it knows everything that you know and all that kind of stuff, I think that could have been done a little bit better. Like we only got a couple of things that like in the beginning, Tasha was like, oh, wait a minute, I do this, you know that. Um, yeah. And they explained it, but they didn't, they did a lot more telling than showing. And I right. was like, yes, show a little bit more. Like I remember, again, I could just heat praise on the Winter Soldier all day. But in Winter Soldier, what was so impressive, that that big, you know, the fight scene between uh, Steve and Bucky, between, you know, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, when you were like, oh, my God, Captain America has met his match in the Winter Soldier here, is because they showed it. Like, that scene, yeah. two dudes fighting. But, like, everything they did, you're like, oh, crap. And you knew, like, they never had to be like, this person is really intense because clearly Captain America has been like no line of dialogue needed to be said. You just knew it. And I felt like Taskmaster kind of suffered a little bit because we needed to explain a lot more than we just showed why yeah. this person was such a, such a badass, you know? Yeah. They try to do the, they, they tell more than they show. Like you said, yeah. it's like they, they try to explain what Taskmaster's powers are and, they do, but then I don't. I didn't really see it, so I was confused yeah. as to what was going on. Um, it's kind. It kind of like reminded me, or for most people, like um, in Iron Man three, that villain. Like it's just the it, it kind of goes way different from the comics, and then people yeah. just get upset about it. And like like you, I'm not a comics guy, so I didn't really have any expectations you know right. if it was the mandarin or taskmaster like to me it's just characters and however it's done on screen is how it's done on screen um but yeah i i overall i i still dug the movie and the problem with me though is a lot of times i'll watch the movie in a theater and then go on to rewatch and it just doesn't hold up as well so like that was for me with captain marvel I really, really, I, I thought Captain Marvel was great in the theaters, and then I rewatched, and I'm like, well, you know, it's it's, it's good. It doesn't do anything great. Um, so I, I would be interested in watching this again because it might even get better because those first two acts I really, really like. Um, it kind of, like, like you said, like we mentioned before, the action in the third one, it's like, you, you know, it's got to, there's got to be a big action climactic ending. And I was just fine, like chilling with this family and hanging out and, you know, doing more dinner table scenes. I yes. like, got cut short because it was like, well, you know, we got to get to the third act. And it's like, no, I just like, I want to chill with this like weird family dynamic a little bit longer. And maybe that was to the detriment of it, this being a, a movie, right? Like if this was a TV show, 
If there was right. one of the the Disney Plus shows, I think we would have gotten a lot more of that, and mm-hmm. it would have it would have been more cohesive. Because I don't know, I get, I guess, I understand why people would be kind of thrown off because you have that part of the movie, but then you know you also have like. Uh, general mutilation and like that you don't see it but it's brought up and it's kind of like a mixture of like different messages here like what's going on um but at the same time i think they set out to make a really fun movie and that's what this is like if you don't you you know what you're gonna get um but at the same time it's a little unexpected though the first like hour that it's just it's just vibes like you're not really doing a lot much of action it's more spy stuff and them trying to you know get this uh macguffin and so so, but at the same time it's it's fine because you know black widow um you're most of the time she's uh chilling with florence Pugh, so you're introduced to that character and plus it starts off super strong with like you mentioned before the flashback in the 90s where you see them as a family and then you know things happen and they separate and it it does give you a lot of character context in that sense and Mm -hmm. you know for the people that go to marvel movies for action you get that too it just it didn't blend well enough for me in that sense but overall i enjoyed the movie a lot um so, so let's just get into spoilers because um there there's a lot here to talk about. Yeah. Um peel it off. So I, the, well, listen, it's they kind of trade uh, telegraphed it I should say like the whole I dug the flashback to when and it kind of what I like about comic book movies when they do this is they re, they examine how terrible these superheroes really are in reality like mm-hmm. you know with all, all this destruction like in the first avengers all this destruction in new york right like hundreds or thousands of people probably died so mm-hmm. it's, it's it's like these people i mean they're doing the best they can they're trying to avoid a world ending event whatever i get it but then you have um in this flashback black widow taking out or thought she took out Drakoff and what turned out to be a taskmaster who was the daughter of Drakoff, mm-hmm. uh, which I saw coming a mile away, <laughs> which, but I actually did. I did like it though, because it was a nice nod to the movie Munich. If you ever seen that one, there's a big scene there where they plant a bomb in this room and then the kid comes in and then they decide not to put the, uh, activate the bomb. And this one black widow does, even with a kid in the room. Um, So in that, that way I really liked it because it's like, wow, black, she, she went there. And then, but of course, you know, it turns out you don't see the body. So they're not dead. Yeah. I I feel like it wasn't a like complete, like didn't see that coming when it's revealed that that's the daughter. Cause they just brought her up a little bit too much and you didn't see the bodies and, and all of that. I did also like, it's funny earlier you're talking about, speaking of this flashback, um, you were talking about Solo and how this kind of gave you like those vibes. Like it's a good movie, but it's kind of like, hey, what was the point of it? Whatever. 
I liked that for years, that throwaway line of like, you know, the two, we remember Budapest differently to the dead. Like people have always been like, what's the story there? And the easy route honestly could have been to do an entire movie of that. Like Clint and Natasha back in the day, like Budapest, yeah. whatever. And I like that they delved into it a little bit with that part. You're like, oh, that's what they were doing in Budapest. Okay, interesting. Um, so I like that they like delved into it and we kind of get a little bit more of that story, but we still didn't see the full story. We're like, oh, they head up in like that subway station, like great or whatever for like a couple of days. Like, oh, that's interesting. And oh, they were there like trying to take care of this guy. And like, like freaking Clint was there when she was like bombing buildings, even though his daughter was inside. Like, that's crazy. Um, so I like that we like got like a little bit, again, that one throwaway line, you know, like we got a little bit more in like intel on that but they didn't decide to like make that the movie <laughs> they're like we're gonna give you a little bit of that story but we're not gonna make that the story here i mean they could have just made this movie a straight prequel right like uh here's right. here's natasha as a kid and we kind of we get yeah. th that's what i liked about this movie we get like little sprinkles of this stuff it's not the yeah. whole movie you see a little bit you understand where she actually came from and i really dug the opening first of all the fact that there was actual opening credits, which yeah. like never happens never in MCU happens. movies. I All loved the opening credits. It was so I, good. It was a great montage. It gave you everything you needed to know. Although it does the one thing I hate, and it's mostly in trailers where they pick these like popular songs and slow them down. That's the only I, thing I didn't like about it. It's a little, it's a little tired. I think it worked well here. I enjoyed it. It's, I think it went with the visuals and I liked it's like taking a 90s song and this started the movie in the 90s. Yeah, I get it. Um, I I did think of that. Though. I was like, oh, we're doing the slow down cover of <laughs> the song. Um, but I think it did work well here. I liked it. Again, it just, even though that's really overdone, the whole beginning of it, I loved how long the beginning was. Like as yes. weird as that sounds. Like we did that scene went on for way longer than I thought it would before we ever got opening credits. And I love that they let us like sit in that for a little bit and like yeah. really develop and like how much they developed. Like they introduced, you know, Florence Pugh's character with the song. And then later on that comes up, which I love that scene when she's in Florence Pugh and David Harbour in the room and she's all upset because to her that was her family. And these people, you know, she basically has found out like it was all a lie. And, and then when David Harbour starts singing American Pie and yeah. she's like, oh, okay, like I did, we did mean something. And I thought that that was such a like sweet point. And again, like just perfectly set up in the beginning, you get the payoff for it in the end. And those were the moments, you know, as we were discussing earlier that I think really works well in this movie. Um, you know, it does suffer from the typical Marvel weak villain, yada, yada, yada. And the third act is kind of meh. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I was in it because I, they set up the characters so well that I just wanted to, to see, you know, again, we know Natasha's fate, but we don't know everyone else's fate. So when Florence Pugh like shucked that thing in the helicopter, I was like, well, maybe she could die here. I don't know. Yeah. She didn't, thankfully, but. <laughs> I mean, I would love like, cause the, all the family stuff in here is so good. I would love to, I, I don't think it will happen. Maybe who knows, but I would love to get more of them, like more of the family. Yeah. If, if it's not Natasha, um, you know, I would love like a red guardian series. That would be like yeah. super fun. Um, <laughs> I, 
like him and like kind of like an Americans, uh, the the show, like the Americans, but at Marvel with Rachel Weisz and David Harbor. I think that would be really friggin' good. Um, I don't think they'll do it, but it just like they they introduce these characters, and you know, it's it's you really like what they're doing, and then once you get the the Taskmaster stuff, and it kind of just slows down, and I'm like, no, let me let me get more Florence Pugh and David Harbour, please. Um, but I really, I dug the uh, Mission Impossible reveal too in the third act. Like that was that was clever um, because I mean it is a spy movie so I mean Mission Impossible uh, definitely like you said before definitely some born vibes in this one um, I, I would just say that it's it's not essential viewing that's I think that's yeah. why people just haven't been or not a lot of people but the people that don't like the movie just feel like it was unnecessary and it should have been done years ago but. I don't feel like you can judge the movie for that because right. you got to judge what's on screen. And I think it's all about expectations in the end, because I, yeah. I didn't like, this was a movie out all through quarantine. I'm like, you know what? Just release it on Disney plus yeah. because I don't feel like this is, it, it feels a step down from a captain America movie or an Iron Man movie, just because we know the fate of black widow. There's only so much you can do in this movie to surprise us. And right. the stuff that you're going to surprise us with probably um, comes at the end in the post credit scene or something like that. Like that's probably going to be one of the biggest surprises, which speaking of, um, so she's involved in this, this whole thing with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus now, yeah. uh, which I think this was actually supposed to be her introduction into the yeah. MCU. That is correct. But so, because yeah. delayed, I think in a weird way, I, I read that once we got, well, actually, when we left the theater, Mike told me that. And then I read an article about it when I got home about how, you know, was originally she was supposed to be interested in this. And then we we're going to see her in Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, I think in a weird way it packs more of a punch because we did already know her and we know that she kind of is like sort of a shady person and we know she's involved with a little bit already. Um, so when she shows up and is all like, Hey, this person, you know, is responsible for killing your sister, da, 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 which I assume that means we're going to see some more Florence Pugh possibly in Clint Barton's show that we know is like coming right. Disney plus. So I, if it's setting up for that or setting up for something in the movies, I'm not sure. Um, I would assume that's where they're going with this, but yeah, the, it's very interesting. This, um, I, but yeah, I think it kind of in a weird way because we we did already know a little bit about her. Um, if I would have watched this movie and not known who she was, I would have been like, you know, why is Julia Louis Dreyfus? <laughs> like, who is she? What yeah, is she? you know, but and, I kind of already know in a sense. Well, you've got to wonder like how many people actually knew who she was because we don't know the numbers or how many people are actually right. watching these shows. Yeah, and from what I'm gathering, it seems like Loki is by far the most popular. We don't know what numbers went uh, Falcon winter soldier did. Um, right. So it's like, now we're starting to really get into the phase where you probably need to watch everything because yeah. if you're, if you're watching, let's say the new Dr. Strange movie, there's probably going to be aspects like we mentioned before of Loki in that. 
And I got to wonder, like, are they going to start getting too inside baseball with these things where it's just going to be too much for some people? And they're like, I don't get it. I'm out. Because even though it's a post credit scene in this one, like you said, it definitely I think it sets up for something interesting in the Hawkeye show. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I mean, now she uh, that character, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character is like gathering all these these characters from the shows and the movies and where where is this going to lead to i mean where what is the place if you you think about it so far she we've seen her basically recruit someone who's been in a movie and we've seen someone recruit someone's been in a show and it sounds really silly because these shows have been all centered around people that were in movies so we know obviously and again like Falcon Winter Soldier was clearly such a setup for Sam taking on the mantle and his next, you know, Captain America 4, his next movie when he's Captain America and whatever. Um, But yeah, it did, as weird as it sounds, this post-credit scene was really like, oh, these things are all connected because I've seen her recruit two people, but one of them was in a show and one of them was in a movie. And like, (laughs) as weird as that sounds, yeah, it is one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to pay attention to all of this, which I am. Yeah, so I mean, I have no problem with it. You know, I have no problem with it. But yeah, there are people like my mother. I know people are use the example of like, but you're my mother at home, is she? But there are people like my mother who, you know, she watches the the Marvel movies. She she's she knows the Avengers. Um, fun fact: she did watch the entirety of the first Avengers film with me, and then asked me oh. at the end who Iron Man was, and I was like how did we watch this entire movie? You didn't know. So who was that guy? Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I'm like, Iron Man, why didn't you whisper that to me in the middle? I, anyways, I digress. Um, yeah, but there are people like my mom who watch these movies, again, not religiously. They they don't watch every single, they don't watch all your Doctor Stranges no. and whatever, but she watches the big ones. Yeah. And I, you know, as far as I know, she has not watched any of these shows. If she, ha- you know, uh, she uses our Disney Plus account, so she has, I'm unaware. Um, and I do wonder if that is going to, yeah, alienate the the average fan. I guess if you're just going in it to watch big, flashy action set pieces and have some laughs and eat some popcorn, then you're probably fine. Um, but yeah, if you're someone who who follows it, like it is all one big, massive TV show in a sense, I think there will be some people that like reach a point that are like, this is too much. Like I, I have to remember this person from this. Um, so far, I'm not there. I think it's no. all we're we're weaving a good web. I've enjoyed the shows. I love the movies. Like I think it all is good. But they do uh, walk a fine line. I will say, I think they're doing a much better job now with this and incorporating actual like stars from the movies and the shows and when they try to do that whole agents of shield thing on abc oh, yeah. so they're, they're doing they trying to make that fit in the timeline and it didn't and then when netflix had the shows but they didn't have the rights of certain characters they'd be like the green guy um so they're doing a lot better now that it's all under one umbrella and you know kevin feige's overseeing the shows and and this and that um that i think it's easy and the shows are at least like short seasons, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like you have to invest in a 10 season run of WandaVision and then go watch her and Doctor Strange. Like, so I, I guess it's, they're doing a good job so far, I would say, but they do walk a fine line. Yeah, they definitely, for the most part, they keep you wanting more, which is a good thing because yeah. 
most television now is just too long. Um, I find myself gravitating more to like mini series than anything, because if I see, you know, 10, 13 episodes, 60 minutes each, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, unless it's, it's, if it's like a succession or one of those like major shows, I'll watch it. But you know, these Marvel shows, six, eight episodes, 30, 40 minutes each, you're in and out. Um, and I kind of felt that way for Black Widow. I wanted more from this, not necessarily from the movie itself, but I wanted to be more in this world. And right. that's kind of like maybe this should have been a show. Um, but at the same time, I, I liked what I saw. This is like mid Marvel for me. It's not top end. It's not bottom end. I think it it just was like a good time. Like this is a movie. It's a nice like way to get back into the movies because now the next one's going to be Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. I think it's called. Um, and that's coming out in September. And I feel like that one, if, if that was the first one that came out from uh, the pandemic and not black widow, I don't think, people would be excited for what's coming next because they want to they want like the whole thing in this pandemic is like you want a nice warm blanket and everybody knows black widow so for that to be like the first one to see in theaters that's how it feels and now it's like okay we're back into the swing of things introduce me to a new character in september and then we have uh is spider-man like coming out in december is that right like it's just like november december Christmas time, I right? think. Yeah, but again, everything got all wackadoo, but I think that sounds correct. Yeah. So, and then all the shows too. So, if, if you're a person that didn't watch the shows and this is like your first MCU in a while now, I think this is a good way to like get you back in the swing of things. Like, definitely yeah. check out the Marvel shows. Um, Black Widow, it's a good time. Like, I enjoyed it. And it, it will be interesting though. Like, I really wanted to put it in like the top 10 because I'm Bethany. I'm one of those people. I have to rank things. We all I'm do. On, if you're, if you're on letterboxd, um, you, ha- you have an obligation to rank things. Like you can't <laughs> just, you can't uh, and log every single movie that you watch. I'm addicted to this thing, Bethany. I don't know how to quit it. So I would probably like <clears throat> put this at, I, I actually did already. I think I put it at 11 or 12 and, I would be interested in seeing like on a rewatch, where does this actually go? Because I feel like I get a better grasp of the Marvel sh- uh, movies on a second time. Like where is this actually in the, the rankings for me, even though you don't do rankings um, where, where it, this is probably like mid Marvel for you too. Right. Yeah. I would, I would say that's fair. I, I like to touch on the point that you're just talking about. Like it just felt like a good, I feel like a good welcome home. Like I know everyone's kind of posting the like Chewy, we're home memes going to the movies this past weekend watching uh, a, you know, a Marvel film. But that is that is really how we, you know, we kind of felt. And I think it's true. You needed like a nice base character, a nice comfort food. Again, kind of like I said, in a weird way, a standalone-ish movie, even though it is connected to a much larger world, obviously. Um, to kind of welcome you back and then get you get you pumped. Um, up for for introducing some new characters, yeah, everyone's favorite Thor: The Dark World. Um, yeah, I, it's a good it's a good mid tier. I'm I'm the same as you. I really want to revisit it um, to kind of really 
decide how I feel. You don't really truly know, you know, right now kind of recency bias. I'm like, oh, it's really good. And it felt good to be back in the theaters and AMC dining. Yay. Um, it's like an ad for AMC dining. I swear. Yeah. I, I mean, AMC, <laughs> if you're listening or watching, please, <laughs> I would love a sponsorship. Like You'd like to sponsor Bobby. Please. Opportunity for you. Sponsor pick picture perfect and sponsor what the show we are big amc fans we love amc okay this we want that to be duly noted amc we love you um but yeah i would say good mid tier i think i think kind of what you said about you know it's not necessarily a bad thing that i left wanting more again it wasn't the greatest movie it's a, it's a good mid-tier marvel movie but i think I sat there for two hours. I was entertained. I thoroughly enjoyed the characters. And that's always the most important thing to me. Because again, a lot of these movies are going to get samey with action set pieces. And I'm always looking for new, exciting characters to latch on to, to kind of, you know, want to revisit. Like, I'm I'm excited to go back and rewatch this movie for Natasha and Yelena's, like, sister bond quips and stuff. I want to, I want to watch all I love her obsession with her vest in the pockets. Yes, that was um, a great bit. Fantastic. So yeah, for for that, I I love the characters. I want to revisit them, see you know, rewatch it, see if there's anything and maybe kind of overlooked the first time or didn't fully appreciate, or maybe there's certain things that I liked, I thought I liked a lot, and maybe I won't like as much upon reviewing. Um, but yeah, it's a good a good mid level. I didn't walk out of it, you know, like oh man, like that just really blew my mind. But I walked out being like, I, I'd watch that again. I enjoyed that. There were some new fun characters. That was some good yeah. stuff. So it's a recommendation from me and both Bethany and um, definitely be sure to watch Black Widow at an AMC Dine-In, uh, <laughs> wherever you can find those in your, your local area. AMC Dine-In. AMC it's amazing. It's great it's stuff. So it's and so go on the A-list. Great A-list program. It's Can't get enough of it. it. 10 out of 10. I have an addiction. I'm going like every week now for movies I don't even want to say. It's just like, I got to get <laughs> bang for my buck. Good. Why not? It's why most of us, the last movie we saw before the world shut down was Sonic the Hedgehog. Because you're yep. like, I'm on the A-list. Why not? See it in IMAX. Why not? Let me see that bl- big blue fur or whatever the hell happened there. Had a read model. Whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys. So uh, to close the show, we always, well, we don't always. This is a kind of a new thing. It's called the Pick Perfect Minute. It's a 60-second speed round, Bethany. Uh, Movie-related questions. Um, I, you know, we're both big schmodown people. We know the deal with the with the sixty seconds. Um, how how are you feeling right now? Give me your. Are you nervous? What what do you? I mean, sixty seconds speed. Anytime someone says speed round, it gives you a little bit of anxiety. I'm not gonna lie. Well, fortunately, there aren't any wrong answers here. Although in my head there might be, I might disagree, but I won't classify them as wrong. Okay. So. We got 60 seconds. I wish I really had like a timer on the screen right now. I'm not that technology like savvy. I would have to take your word for it when you oh say that. Oh my God. So I, I just pulled up a little a little Google stopwatch because I don't know what I'm doing. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's uh let's start the clock now. Favorite movie snack. Ooh, raisinets. Favorite movie drink. Ooh, probably the freestyle pib with the vanilla and the cherry. I love the spe- specificity. James <laughs> Bond or Mission Impossible? I've never seen a single James Bond movie, so Mission Impossible. If you could see one movie for the first time again, what would it be? Oh, golly. Um, E.T. Ooh, I like that one. Uh, Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler? Ooh, Adam Sandler. 
Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Physical media or digital movies? Uh, physical media. I like, like tangible. Do you stay through the credits? Uh, hells yeah. Have you ever shushed someone in the theater? Hmm. Only when I worked there and I had to. Ever snuck into a movie? Um, no. Ever walked out on a movie? No, and I used to see them for free. And I still would stay. <laughs> wow. Free movies and you never walked out of any? Yeah, there was, um, what was somebody called? Couples Retreat, I think. Had like Vince Bonner. Oh, okay. It was, was god-awful. And I literally, when I went to see it, I was still working in the movie theater. And I was like, this is free. I should just walk out. Like, I do not like this. And I stayed for the entire thing. I so love that. I love that. That's commitment right there. And I always kind of like optimist. I always hope that things could get better. And I always kind of like it was a dream of mine to work in a movie theater, like just to just not do anything, just kind of sneak into the theater and then just hang and then just chill, watch free movies. I mean, that's pretty much tomorrow night on what the show prepare to talk about working in movie theaters because it comes up (sighs) at least once a show. You know, we have a drinking game. It's a thing. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, you mentioned it. What the show? Tell me about the show, Bethany. And uh, what else do you have to plug? What the show? Yes. So uh, Wednesday nights, usually about 930. Because again, we're real professional. So about 930. Um, you can find me on what the show with my lovely co host, Justin the Juice, my lovely husband, Mike Deacon, and the one and only the greatest perfume salesman in Nebraska, AJ Lancaster. Um, who also has a great uh, Airbud Cinematic Universe podcast coming. Ooh. I'm plugging things for AJ now, too. That's how good Why I am. Why not? Um, Bobby will be our guest tomorrow. So we're super excited to talk shenanigans with you tomorrow night. Um, you can find me on Facebook under my name, on Instagram at uh, B11Curl, on Twitter also under my name. But I'm the worst at Twitter, so probably don't follow me there. Um, the other social medias I use. I, I mean, you were you probably did the best plugging out of anyone that's ever been on the show. So, I mean, kudos to you. That was amazing. Um, I probably should have done these plugs at the beginning of the show. I'm very bad at it. But here we go. Uh, Picture Perfect. That's the name of the show that you're watching. Maybe listening. I don't know. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, Picture Perfect. Uh, all the major podcast platforms. Spotify. Apple. Google, whatever. I don't know. There's like 20,000 of them. 20,000 of them. We're on them all. Just look it up. Um, If you could rate us five stars on Apple, that would be great. Giving a thumbs up on YouTube. That would be awesome too. Um, Next week, we have a big movie to talk about. Space Jam. A New Legacy? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Space Jam 2. Um, Looks like a good time. Uh, Hopefully... Uh, my guests won't bail on the episode, uh, but although I'm very, very happy that Bethany came onto the show and it worked out great because tomorrow, like uh, Bethany mentioned, I will be on what the show on their YouTube channel. I'll have uh, the link in the description of the podcast and YouTube episode. Um, Bethany, thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next week, guys, I'll uh, see you then. <laughs>